So we want to give them like the, the daily rituals that we do, the, the healing tools that we use, diving into a little bit of connection and spirituality, like whatever that looks like, right? This is, this is open. So it doesn't matter if you're religious, non-religious, it's really about creating the internal connection to yourself. And that it's not necessarily like directly healing children. It's healing the parents and then healing the family as a whole. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. What's the lesson? I am one of two hosts. I am Jill, and Mary is out of the office today. She's taking a personal day. So I get the fortunate pleasure to sit in front of, I know I say in front of, but you guys can't see them. I can, because we're sitting on Zoom, with two incredible people who I actually, I just met Richard today, but I secretly was stalking him because I know his wife, (laughs) Stella. So Stella and I met at a women's networking event. Well, and it's part of, it's a group um, and we meet once a month and I'm sure we've talked several times about the foundress and us meeting incredible women in this space and her and I connected um, in a way that she was talking about leaving her job and I'm sure you guys will get into your stories here in a little bit um, to really move in the direction of her purpose and her purpose is also tied to her husband and they have a company called Sacred Roots Parenting and they focus on helping families heal trauma and create connection and freedom. Whoa. I mean, you guys, can we please give a round of applause to Stella and Richard Abril? Thank you for having us. Oh, yes, my thank gosh. You. Oh, we're so excited. So you two, give us a little bit of backstory. So Stella, you were right when you and I were connecting, um, you were saying, I'm about to put my two weeks in. And those are the conversations that I get super excited about because I remember being in that position when I worked at Lululemon and I was like, I have, I'm putting in my two weeks and I'm going to take the big leap. And honestly, not a lot of people live in that place. They, they still sit in feeling, um, they, they want that comfortability. They want that protection. They want that security, which I don't blame them. It's scary to take the big leap. So share with us a little bit about that journey for you. For sure. Um, so 
I don't even, I didn't have a plan. I don't even know how things came about, but everything sort of just fell into place for me to leave my corporate position, which I've been in for over six years. It's amazing. I loved what I did. I was a project manager for data and tech and was just recently promoted um, as a program director for a new contract. And so I thought I was like on top of the world, maybe three months into that new program, something happened and I decided it was time to leave. And so just the stars aligned and I originally put in two weeks, they asked me to stay a month. So two weeks turned into a month. And um, I think I met you like right when I, like maybe the day before I was gonna do, send in my resignation letter and I did it and was on top of the world for the first maybe 24 to 48 hours. And then after that, it hit me like, what did I just do? Like what the F <laughs> totally. did I do, right? Cause it's a mindset shift. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You're, you're you like need to grieve this whole corporate identity. I've never been without it. I've I've had a corporate job since I was really, really young and salaried and you know, just this whole productivity and professionalism and all of that so deeply ingrained. So um I am currently going through the process of grieving. <laughs> yeah. I know that I know exactly that feeling. And for, so Richard you guys are partners you guys are husband and wife so how was that conversation like for you were you a little taken aback were you supportive what was that like when she came to you to say you know what i'm ready to move on yes <laughs> all the above uh, uh, d all of the above <laughs> yes. uh, lo lots of emotions lots of thoughts lots of uh scarcity set in with mm -hmm. you know having that security as you mentioned and but i just deep down i just knew this was the right thing for for stella to do i mean she's been she's had like i mean her foot on the other side for a long time now and for her to pour all her energy into what she's meant to do i i mean it's just there's just I mean, that's the right thing to do. I mean, there was no question about it. It's just that own part, my internal struggle of, uh -huh. of having that security and, and the comfort and the lifestyle and yeah. you know, all that stuff, just being able to, to shift my mindset as well. And, 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 and just be more supportive of that because I knew it was the right thing. Oh, I love that. I know. I feel like that's part of the process. Like it's, I don't think I've heard any spouse ever be like, Woohoo! It's always like woohoo and <laughs> like yeah. um hang on. Yeah. It's 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 the highs and the lows. It's definitely like a roller coaster. So it's real it's really cool to sit here and 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 see that um not only were you, you know, you you had to kind of process all of that, but now you're really invested in what she's creating. You both are creating. And before we get into what it is that you guys are creating i know you created it from from something or your journey your your past and i want to take us back and i would love for you both to kind of share with us what it was like for you guys growing up what did it look like being teenagers um what was life like because truly and i think that's why mary and i really started girls mentorship was because we wanted we needed women to support us in in those years so we were like you know what we're going to create that for young girls so i i have a feeling i have this sense that there's something that really guided you on your life's journey to get to this point 
So tell us a little bit about your stories. I'll start because I feel like I dove into my spiritual journey before Rich and I'm, I sort of like drug him along. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> is so good. Like, you, you know, initially it was like so much resistance, but um, growing up, I was really sheltered. I was raised by my grandparents. Um, so I didn't have a whole lot of like worldly experience. I didn't have a whole lot of like self-confidence, self-trust. A lot of decisions were made for me and it was just the way things were. I was learned not to question anything. I didn't really have my own thoughts or ideals or likes, didn't know who I was, no identity, right? Just sort of floating through life, doing what I was told to do. And I was such a good kid. I was mature. I was, oh, you're such an old soul. You're so mature for your age, that type of thing. Cause I was deathly afraid of failure and of making the wrong decision. So I don't know, I think fast forward to college and that was my first taste of like full freedom without anybody like tracking everything I did. And I went off the deep end, like drugs, alcohol. I still managed to like function in school, still not sure how that happened, but um, I was I don't know. I was just floating, you know, just trying to numb as much of like the nasty trauma that I had been through and still, you know, still be considered the good kid. So on the surface, it looked like everything was perfect, but really underneath I was, I was dying. I was yeah. dying inside. So, um, that's kind of where I, I stayed in this, like, you know, keep the surface, you know, looking good. And then inside just, just depressed and hating life and so many terrible things. And then I get married, I have my first child and it's sort of chaos, but we can't let anybody know that type deal, right? right. Something about having her clicked. And um, I don't know, I remember when she was two years old um, and this, my first marriage was actually, it, it was, it was rough. Um, high school sweetheart. It was a really unhealthy, toxic marriage, but that's where I was mentally. Right. And I thought it was yeah. just normal, normal part of life. And so after having my, my daughter, knew something had to change because the way that I was feeling, I didn't want her to feel. And I'm not entirely sure how, like what clicked and how that happened, but I just remember, okay, I need to get help. And so I threw myself into therapy, not really sure, you know, like if that was the right thing to do or not. I'd never known anybody that went to therapy. And then also I couldn't tell my family. I couldn't share that with my family because it was made fun of. It was, you know, looked down upon. There was so much just surrounding therapy in itself. So there I was in therapy and just started learning like new things about myself. And that sort of like kicked off this like lifelong journey. And then, you know, like, I don't know, I met Richard when my oldest was three and a half, um, three and a half years old. And um, we ended up um, getting married when she was four and a half. Mm -hmm four and a half and I dove into spirituality and really learning how to heal myself. I got my first life coach um, and things just started shifting so quickly thereafter. I will tell you initially when I was trying to convince him to like come along, <laughs> he was like, this sounds exhausting. Why would you ever want to do this? <laughs> totally. That sounds similar to what my husband told me as well. I was like, come do this cool work. It's called self-development yes. he's like yeah i don't i don't need fixing yeah. <laughs> i'm like you don't need to fix anything it's just you know it's it's like we're getting oil changes like our cars need oil changes and tune-ups and that's what we're doing but it's really interesting like the not to say that you were pressuring richard by any means but 
honestly, this was for my husband, Matt, was like he needed to come to that realization himself. Yep. So I'm sure that was probably something that you had to come to too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I did. I never pressured him. I always, I shared with him when we would go like on nightly walks together and I would share my journey. Yeah. And I was, sometimes I'm like, I just need to vent. So don't try to fix right now. And he would be like, I, well, why are you crying? Like, this is so exhausting. Why don't you just stop doing what you're doing? This hurts, right? Yes. And so like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever pressure it. I'll let him tell his side of, of this story. But like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I wanted him to come along, but I knew I couldn't be the one to like, mm-hmm. to force. Absolutely. Right? Totally. Well, and I think that that alone take self-awareness that you are his partner. Um, You can't be every role for him. You can't be therapist. You can't be cook. You can't be partner. You can't be, you know, like you can't always be all of those titles or like, like you said, those identities, because we put way too much pressure on ourselves and expectations. And when we don't live into those, like it, it all gets really, uh, it gets messy. So having, you know, like I go to therapy, it's like, I don't need my husband to be my therapist. I actually have a therapist. (laughs) I actually have people, you know, and being able to see it that way gives you so much freedom to then want to share a little bit more with your partner, to let them in versus having them be everything for you. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Stella, really quickly, if you don't mind, so your grandparents raised you. Yes. Was it, was there something that happened with your parents that Mm -hmm. then allowed your grandparents to step in or? So I, um, I, I've lived with my grandparents forever and my mom as well. Um, I never really knew my real dad up until like recently I found out who he was. It's just this whole thing, but, um, it was just my mom and I, we lived with my grandparents and when I was eight, my mom remarried and it was a really, um, toxic relationship, uh, really abusive, really, was really wild. So I I just decided to live with my grandparents. Um, And at one point I was really, I was suicidal. And so I just, my mom decided it was in my best interest to move me out of the house and have me stay with my grandparents. So that's where I, that's where I was. Got it. Yeah. Cause you said trauma and I know I'm like, what's just connecting the dots, but abusive mother, an absent father. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the cards were stacked against you. And then stepping in, grandparents, you know, they did the best that they could. And yeah, yeah. and trauma, I'm, I'm sure you could probably speak to this a little bit more too. Like trauma stays in your body until okay. you can have the skills to move through it yeah. and to free yourself so that you can break the patterns, especially as parents. And now being able to teach parents that, that it's how do we break the generational cycles, but we have to do the work on ourselves first to actually see what the yeah. problems are. Yep. That's yeah. that's exactly right. And I yeah. feel like, like my mom, I, I knew my mom, my mom was such a good mom, what I thought was a really good mom, right? A loving mom before she married into this like relationship and things sort of hit the fan. And there's so much just like trauma and lack of understanding. And I was like eight at the time. And so I, 
I feel like it was just such a shock on my body and I've had to like release and then re-release so many times over to move past that. Right. Because I didn't know what my mom wasn't like an abusive person. It was, it was my stepdad that was. And so I had to watch my mom, you know, get abused and then also take on the abuse myself, mentally, physically, verbally, like you name it, it was all there. So Absolutely. that was, that's been a whole journey on its own. Oh my gosh. Hundred percent. Well, and then we ask kids to go to school. Yeah. Right. It's incredible what we don't even know what happens at home. So much can happen in twenty four hours, and then we say, "Well, go and get an A on that test." Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like we we have no idea what kiddos are walking through. And really, I do. I, I do believe parents all do their best. It's just knowing like how to teach kids the academic part of life, like yeah mary and i like to say like the the academic smarts but also how are we teaching kids the social smarts so yeah. how how to how to cope how to um self-honor how to communicate how to ask for what you what you need um yeah. versus the suppression or like i have to pretend like nothing happens and i'm going to perform because that helps me get further or that helps me not be seen like i yeah. you know Totally. Yes. Spot on to all of that. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cultural um, too. A lot of it has to do with like, we don't ever discuss anything. Like there's nothing that we discuss about like mental health issues. We don't mm -hmm. discuss abuse. Everything stays within your family, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what we, we were both taught that, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, like, uh, me yeah. too. It was like, uh, do you see that big rug over there? You just <laughs> lift it up and dust it under there and we won't talk about it again. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so common. It's yeah. so common. Yeah. Until but. until that that dust mound gets like a volcano and someone's going to explode. And that's also not how you deal with things. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard, let's talk about you. Tell us a little bit about how you were raised and what your your life experience was like growing up from then all the way till now. Yeah. At first, when when Stella started doing a lot of this, the, the healing, um, I, my response to everything was, I, I don't know, I don't remember, to a lot mm -hmm. of stuff, and, and that sums up my a lot of my childhood and growing up is I wasn't as restricted as she was. I was just kind of just let loose. I was always outside on the streets, just kind of roaming around, and and what I what I've realized was that I just didn't really get a lot of attention affection nurturing or anything from my parents because I was always gone out of sight out of mind and that really I saw that as a, as a young child and as a teen it was like here's the keys at 13 you know go do something or get a you know just here you go yeah go go learn life you know <laughs> without uh -huh. really trying to process things yeah. I don't remember ever processing things with my family I remember when my dad passed and, and touching his, his face and stuff, it was very foreign to me. Mm. I, I didn't even like know what he felt like or how he smelled or, or just anything. You know, I, I didn't remember any of that. I mean, that just the avoidance that I had that, that kind of bled into like my early adulthood of, of just avoidance of any emotions. And, and I use, um, you know, I, I was an alcoholic for a long time. My, the majority of my life was avoiding any emotions because we never acknowledged any of our emotions growing up. And that carried on till I mean, well into my 30s, you know, and the avoidance, the self-serving mentality of like, cause that's the survival mentality. Um, if it didn't serve me, then it wasn't for me. And then I would self, I would sabotage the relationship or the situation. Uh, that was always my go-to. 
the other thing was just sucking it up and moving on, you know, just keep pressing forward mentality. Right. Yeah. Uh, never really sitting in, in, in anything and, and I just got to keep moving forward, keep moving forward. I always conformed or adapted to my environment, to who I was with and what was going on, never really sitting in any core values or establishing any for myself. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, woo, a leaf in the wind. That was probably like a, a that was a, a mechanism for you to keep yourself safe. Right. It was like, if I can, if I can conform, if I can um, be a chameleon, no one's really going to see me and I'll, I'll be safe that way. Oh yeah. It was all survival. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that was just Incredible. the approach for anything yeah um and that's why i say i was kind of like a leaf in the wind stella calls it i was more of a crumb of a leaf she's a plant lady so she's a plant lady so she she says she was like i was like a crumb she propagated me and kind of like got me back to life so, so i am. love it i here love I it but, it's a very good visual i'm like yes i can see that yes, that, way, that way somebody can frame that perspective so there's yes. that um that I, I carried that into well into our marriage um I, first maybe five six years of our marriage I, I continued with the same behavior attention seeking an alcoholic really self-serving, just the attitude that I had with it, even after we had our first child together and then we still had Allie, our oldest. I mean, still, I, I mean, uh, you know, when I think back of, of the trauma that I created and, and just the chaos in the environment that I created, you know, I, the, the awareness that I'm, that I'm learning now, to, I mean, there's so much to just go back and, and, and heal. And, and, and it wasn't until about, maybe six years ago, I'd say six or seven years ago is when I really after after I started criticizing, like, well, when does it end for healing? You know, where, where's the ending? When is it mission complete? You know, when when do we just arrive? Yeah. So after I after I, I, I did that and I started realizing that Stella was was growing one way and I was just kind of like still here, um, mm. there was no pressure on her. end, But I felt the pressure of 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 the, of the separation of growth. You know, and 100%, yeah. And it wasn't until the point of realizing that I'm going to lose my family. Yeah. If I don't sober up, if I don't start making a, a conscious effort to heal myself, to, and I started searching. I mean, counseling, traditional therapy, counseling, um, family counseling, church groups, uh, trying to teach and leading in, in groups and other and other avenues. Uh, so many different things that were very inspirational, but it just really didn't transform me in the core. You know, it was a lot, it was a lot of good momentum in the right direction and it helped me, you know, get up silver mine and whatnot. But uh, I, I think what it was, was in when Stella gifted me probably about two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. She gifted me a Father's Day gift for a life coach. A gift. It was a, it was a gift. <laughs> you guys can't see us, but her and I are winking at each other. Like I love those gifts. Yes, because and, it's gonna benefit her and the rest of the family, honey. I know how that works. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I, it was a. I was scrambling around trying to trying to really trying to to better my myself. I just didn't. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. can I can I jump in and ask? Um, as far as, so you going through all of this, what, did this ever impact your jobs or the jobs that you had? Cause I, I'm just hearing, you know, the self-serving behavior and, um, the attention seeking and, 
you know, I, I'm sure that it also showed up professionally for you. If I am making a wild guess here. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're, okay. You're, you're, you're spot on. I <laughs> think that, that was towards the, 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 I think that was one of the breaking points of, yeah. I, I lost my job because okay. of my, because of my behavior. Got it. And that was probably one of the lowest points in my life. I was well, very especially, yeah. and not to say that I want to label this by any way, but I, um, I know that as a family man, men really want to be the, the support they want to be the security and whether we as you know partners or our kid like no one's putting the pressure on you to be that but that's just like that i i don't know what it is i don't know if it's genetics but truly because matt my husband felt the exact same way he lost his job and he was in a complete tailspin and i'm like i got you like we need a trust and it was like I mean, you talk about like depression and I mean, truly, like you said, rock bottom. I, I, I can't imagine the, the negative self-talk that you were having with yourself. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have that provider mentality and, and if we're not the ones doing it, then what value do we add to anything? Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And then it's, it's in that moment of like, well, I, I am so much more than my job, but am I? Who am I? And then you start questioning and questioning. Yeah. Our whole identity is, is, is surrounds that whole provider like type approach to things. And mm -hmm. if we, if we can't even do that, then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So bridge these conversations together now. So you guys have gone through such beautiful inner work and you've had your own journey to really heal yourself. And was there a moment like Stella, I just like envision you going on a walk being like, I want to do this and come on, Richard. Like, uh, is it, is it more, I I'm trying to fantasize it. Like, was there like a beautiful Disney, you know, inspiration or were you like, Hey, we have something here based off of our experiences. What, how did you guys look at your journeys to then say, how do we make this a thing for other families? So I, I feel like that was last year, actually, no, 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 COVID hit, right? And everybody's stuck at home together. And we just had, we had like the most amazing time because it was our downtime, right? Mm -hmm. We had just done all of this amazing healing work. We could really implement everything we learned with our girls. And we had time, lots of time to do whatever right? we yeah. And like, wasn't that what we've all prayed for this? <laughs> entire lifetime it was like just more time with family and then it like the universe god delivered and we're like i don't know do we like each other do we <laughs> oh yeah not, not saying that it wasn't challenging it wasn't challenging totally. but we really had to use the tools that we had and i think at, at one point we were like searching for something. We live in the far West Valley because he drills out of Luke's Air Force Base. And so we okay. live near there, right? Cause he's military. So there's, there's nothing out here yet. We had tons of options in the East Valley to meet and do like, uh, you know, outside mm -hmm. yoga for families and, you know, like different things that include all of us. There was nothing here. And at some point, I don't know, I wanna say 
So last year I hired a business coach to help me because I've been in the sustainable business space for like a while now. And what I started noticing with my sustainable business um, coaching clients was it all boils down to like consciousness and consciousness is bred when we heal, right? You can't create consciousness without the healing piece. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how can we make more of an impact than like, you know, trying to teach adults how to become conscious? Yes, that's impactful now. I'm going to keep doing that. But what's what's even more impactful and then we started looking at our kids like look at what we do with our kids we need we need a community like that who can really help to fortify everything we're teaching the girls and we looked around everywhere in the west valley like where can we go there was something in gilbert there was something in scottsdale all an hour away from us I'm like there's nothing here there's nothing so let's create it right oh, cool yeah that's incredible so those are the moments where you're like anyone anyone and then you're like wait it's us yeah. <laughs> how cool so did you guys look around i mean you said you looked at your girls and you have three girls yes three beautiful girls and you said how do we take what we do with them and teach other people yeah and yeah. what does that look like we do we have so many things that we've put in place and haven't even like noticed, like take an inventory of all the things. Like we do dinner every day and we do like good part, bad part. And what are you grateful for? Just ingraining gratitude into their daily lives, ingraining choice into their daily lives, power, right? Empowering them. Awareness, awareness is a a big one. That's for me, it's a big one, awareness. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I, I feel you guys when you say it's like, it's these little nuances that you guys just, it's like, it's almost like breathing. It comes very natural to you, but when you share it with other people, they're like, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. And then they go and try it themselves and they see this probably insane response or they see a different type of conversation, which then validates like, hey, how do I do more of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. So can you give us an example of something that you practice with your girls that has been really powerful in you guys being conscious parents and then being able to turn and really teach other parents how to replicate it. Is there something that you're like, we love doing this. This has been transformative in how they are developing as people. What, what's, what is that that you guys want to share? I feel like there's so many there are, things. Uh, the one that the one that stands out to me are are the uh, the red flags. Oh, okay. We okay. we do we do this pretty often about um, creating awareness on what a red flag is, uh, and they can identify it. And we encourage them to give us the feedback, like "Daddy, that's a red flag. You're you're trying to you know manipulate manipulate, or, it, or you're you're trying to you're trying to make me do something by making me feel bad." You know, so red flags, and then they'll come and share an experience they had at school. Like, you know, well, Natalie was a, she was a red flag because she wanted to play. And then we said no. And then she's like, fine. And walked away crying. And she tried to make me feel bad. And that's a red flag. (laughs) You know, so stuff like that. That's a big one that we do uh, repetitively. I forgot about that. You know, and then the good part, bad part. Yeah. um, That those are, those are things that we do constantly and getting them to a place of gratitude, of understanding that you're going to have those moments of, of challenge throughout your day so let's let's say those out loud let's acknowledge those things and, and then your good parts of the day let's experience the joy like what joy did you have and why was it good uh and then what are you grateful for so they can sit in that gratitude and not get stuck 
in any in any position of thinking that everything's like rainbows and unicorns or everything's always bad but i'm grateful for those experiences and just really creating that awareness around it because that, that's huge, I think, for, for us is the awareness of things and, and then how to process through those things. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say is processing. Mm-hmm. Like we take every opportunity. Like I, I think we've pulled away from like the lecturing, you yeah. know, the girls type deal. And we ask so many questions now. And my, my kids just know like, OK, what are your questions? Give them to me. You know, I'm, st- I'm still get- I'm still getting used to all the questions. But yes. Yeah, yeah, because when, you, when you yeah, when you ask the right question, it allows them to go on this discovery. Yes. They're discovering an answer. They're 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 reflecting. They're really curious about, hmm, should I really tell mom the truth? Should I? You know, so questions are really powerful because if you lecture them, what it what does that teach them? Yeah. No, besides a hundred percent where it's like, Hey, let's, let's talk about it in a different way so that you can learn from it and then do better next time. That's, that's what it's all about. It really is. I think that the processing piece is, is huge. One, because whatever we learned how to question ourselves, our fear, our scarcity, all of that, we're really just pouring that back into them. Like, let's think about this for a minute, like take out your journal, write down what you're feeling right now, you know, those types of things and walking them through that, because that's what we're doing as well as adults. So. Yeah, right. what, are, what are these emotions revealing for you? You know, yeah. like it's because it's always something. It is. Yeah. You guys, this is, I mean, I want, do you want a fourth girl like me coming in? And- <laughs> I will take it. Well, and Stella, and I think this is why you and I connected because Oftentimes, parents seek our services because their daughter lacks confidence or skills to make new friends. And when we really start to work and and get to know the girl and peel each layer back, who she is and who she is becoming is truly who is surrounding her. And oftentimes, it's confronting for parents to be like, it's actually you. Like, you guys are projecting so much onto her that she has these unreal unrealistic expectations she's mm. trying to look a certain way she's she really doesn't know who she is because society is telling her that and and that's hard and not making any parent wrong but it's when you were telling me what you wanted to start i was like i want to link up with you because we can't be everything for everyone we focus on girls and their parents of course but to have you guys who are doing incredible work to say hey check them out i knew that you and i needed to connect i was like this is so cool and i know it's new for you guys i know this business is new, but it's needed. And you guys have a ton of experience to then reach your hand back and say, let's build this community together because we're stronger together. So what does your programs look like or what does your services look like? So the listeners can, can start to understand like, Hey, is this for me? Yeah. Or can this be for me? And my family. So April 27th, we launch our first um, online group parenting container called Sacred Roots. Um, it's a 12-week program um, where literally there's a 13th week bonus that we'll have to help families sort of process through everything that they just learned because it's a lot. And it's really going to be used as like a transformational um, tool 
for families. So we want to give them like the, the daily rituals that we do, the, the healing tools that we use, diving into a little bit of connection and spirituality, like whatever that looks like, right? This is, this is open. So it doesn't matter if you're religious, non-religious, it's really about creating the internal connection to yourself. And that it's not necessarily like directly healing children. It's healing the parents and then healing the family as a whole. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the first thing that we have. Um, and then we are launching healing circles for kiddos, which are broken out by age group, um, 7 to 10, 11 to 14, and then 15 to 18. And we'll do those on Fridays, probably once a month initially. And yeah, and that's sort of the same thing, just helping kids create a connection inside internally. What do right. I like? Who am I? You know, creating that strong identity from a really young age. Um, and then we have a couple of mini containers um, as well that we're going to we'll launch here um, within the next couple of months to sort of help you know, gear it towards specific needs of parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Full body goosebumps. You guys, this, I'm just, I'm blown away by you two. Mm -hmm. I am so stoked for what you both are creating, but most importantly, who you guys are. Like, thank you for seeing that your, your mess is now becoming your message. We say that a lot because truly that is like, Mary and I are like, wow, like our <laughs> life was like a dumpster fire. And now look at us, like we're using it for good. And truly it's your experiences allow you to connect with people, to show other people that they're not alone. Like, right. hey, if you, if you are um, addicted to alcohol, that doesn't make you a bad person. There's just something underneath there that we need to heal in order for you to make better choices and healthier habits. So for you guys to stand on, on your story is so powerful. And just know we're here rooting you guys on and however we can support, man, you, you let us know because you're doing incredible work. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you're welcome. Um, what else? What, where can we find you guys? So we do have an Instagram, um, sacred roots underscore parenting, and we will launch a couple of different links for all of the programs here within the next few weeks. Okay, perfect. Well, and we will make sure to tag both of you guys, um, in the show notes and any, um, wh where people can find you as well. We'll make sure to add that to the show notes. And before we wrap up this episode, I'm going to ask both of you one question. And this is just, I'm going to come at you with what's, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned in your life? Go ahead. <laughs> and if you need to take a second to think, you can think, cause I just, I just hit you with that Spot. on a whim. <laughs> that no, for, for me that there, there, there's freedom on the other side of healing. I've released so much that I, I just, I feel lighter. I have more clarity and there's just this, this vibration that I have to just want to just continue to just heal back those layers and heal and heal and heal because I see the benefit of it when I, when I, the impact that my, on my children, on my, on my wife and Stella, you know, and just every interaction that I have and the connections that I'm making. So. That. So awesome. Beautiful. So I think, um, my lesson is going to be yep, some, somewhat similar, but, um, just do the work, do the work. It's hard. It's scary. It's vulnerable. It's, it's all of the things, right? But it's so worth the connection that you create within your family. Like I, 
could never have dreamed of having a better relationship with my babies than what I do right now. And I'm, I'm going to get like super emotional talking about it, but I am so, so grateful to have put in the work to be like where we are and to know them the way that we know them. Do the work. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I agree. I, Mary and I talk about that you have 18 spring breaks with your kids. And if you think about it in terms of spring breaks, spring breaks go by quickly. And it's like you want to set them up for success when they leave the nest and they know, right? They don't go to college like I went to college. I similar story, Stella. I went to college and I was like, whoa, whoa, hang on. I who am I? And now I I have to figure out life through the school of hard knocks. And that's not, you know, not that's not the way that I want it to be for every single child. So do the work. Do the work for sure. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having both of you. You guys have been absolute rock stars. So thank you so much for your time, your stories. And we can't wait to watch what unfolds in your beautiful journey that you guys are creating. So until next time, everyone, go make somebody smile and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. We see this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.